give you a list of everyone who may unmute everybody too, and then I'll unmute you slowly. Okay, so on the call so far, we have Vijay Govinda, Rajabhumi, Uddhava, Chaitanya Priya, Anandamayi, Ujvala, Ganga Shakti Dasi, Rajabhakti, Padmanabha Swami, Mahara Saragrahi, Pranada, Jamadagni, Chavan, Rajasundri, Kishore, Rohini, Amala Bhakti, and Bhaktabil, Terry, um, Hari Das, Gopishvar, Krishna Chaitanya, Paul, Karuna, um, Mahaprabhu, um, Drista, Gita Govinda, Lalita Saki. Probably other people have popped on also. So, big crowd. Um, any updates? Mango seed or uh, coconut season, huh? Yeah. yeah. We've got lots of coconuts here. We planted over over 100 coconuts. This is a this is a green one. We have yellow ones too. Nice. And uh, they take about five years or so to start to fruit, and they're starting to fruit. They have been for a couple of years now. So by the time you get here, Archon will be flooded with coconuts. <laughs> you mean my next life? <laughs> So, yeah, it's nice here. Still, I'm here for another about a week or a little less, I guess, and then I'll go to, to Brazil and to Argentina a week in each place, and then I'll return here for a couple of weeks. And um, some guests have left, some have come, some will be leaving next week, I think. And um, we've had nice discussions. We're also in the process of making plans for expanding our yoga retreat facilities. And that's uh, interesting. And um, I'm writing about uh, the evening entertainment at Tom uh, Brown just before the cowards depart once and for all for their own homes and Krishna retires. Into uh, for, for for the night apparently, and uh, that will take me into the last last chapter of the uh, the uh, center of the book circle of friends uh, writing. So I've been able to get uh, a lot of time into that here, thanks to the environment and uh, all these kind of allowing me space to do that, so that's the news. What, uh, what are the questions this morning? All right. Chaitanya um, Priya has, again, she um, wrote, sent me a question. She's still feeling a little shy to, to get on herself, but that will, you know, for a little time to get used to all of us. Um, so her first question is, um, Srila B.R. Maharaj commented on a verse wrote by, by um, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. The verse was Matala Harijan Vishaya. 
Rangay or Kirtan Rangay, Pujala Rangay, Patagwara Bangay. Um, Sri Maharaj is often quoted translating this verse into, into Sadika should always be serving as distant and below. However, it roughly translates to, quote, devotees are always engaged in opulent kirtan. Giving up pride, however, they worship the path of spontaneous devotion. What is the importance of this verse in the life of a sadhaka who is aspiring for Raghunuga Bhakti? What does Shula Sridhar Maharaj trying to indicate? Um, yeah, it's a very interesting verse. And um, um, was that a translation that she gave, giving up pride? Um, I think. Oh, yes, because it's in quotes. Yeah, Gaurav uh, It could be translated that way, but that's not the way in which it was um, intended by Bhakti Siddhanta Sashtakak, who wrote the verse. The verse is, is one, uh, one verse in a poem, um, so a series of verses that he penned and gave to the devotees, his devotees, to sing in kirtan on the occasion of bringing the deities from a rented house in Calcutta to the famous Bhag Bazar Mat, which was the marble uh, temple that he established in, in Calcutta, which at the time at the moment, it may not sound very special, but the time is very out of the ordinary because Bodhi Vaishnava sadhus were all living in Padam and to go to Calcutta was like to go, you know, to a different planet or to go into the kingdom of Maya rather than to stay in, stay in the spiritual world. Um, and of course, Bhagavad Gita was very bold in his outreach and, and, and driven um, in that regard by the um, Spirit of Bhakti Vinod for wide uh, dissemination of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings, and uh, and out of the, the depth of his realization that afforded him the ability to make certain adjustments and suggest them to Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, who took that and um, such suggestion and used his own insights to fashion a new kind of expression of Gaudiya Vaishnavism unseen previously in the community that um, was, again, oriented for wide dissemination, so even so far across the oceans and continents and so forth. Um, and so to, build, so to build the marble temple um, was a big thing in Calcutta. Uh, and not only because it was in Calcutta, but because it was a marble temple, because uh, for hundreds of years, the Gaudiya Vaishnavas weren't building large, uh, extravagant uh, temples. In fact, the brother of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, the younger brother of Lee Prashad Thakur, he disagreed with Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur at a certain point after working with him, and uh, he didn't like the idea of building, building big temples. He considered it to be by departure from the Ra Marg, 
which uh, was had more focus on Nam Bhajan um, than on Archan and big temples, which was more characteristic in his estimation of the Vidimar, Vaidimar, for example, you can find Ramuch Sampradaya or the Mantha um, Sampradaya, um, so forth. Of course, you know, it would be worth pointing out that Rupa and Sanatana built pretty big temples in Vrindavan, and the Moran Temple, Radha Temple is an architectural wonder that uh, is a blend of Mughal and Hindu architecture sen architectural sensibilities overseen by Rupa Goswami in an attempt to, in a Saragrahi-ish, to use Brahminova Thakur's term, in an essential Vaishnava spiritual uh, spirit to, to bring about a, a kind of a, a harmonization, harmonizing of uh, Mughal Sufi perspectives and, and uh, and Gaudi Vaishnav um, mystical insights and so forth. So it's not what I'm saying it, that, that building of temples is something that's completely uncharacteristic. It may not have been characteristic for hundreds of years, but at the inception of the uh, Sampradaya, Jiva Goswami was involved in such work and, and uh, seeing to the, the legal uh, uh, paperwork for such properties and uh, who would preside over them, who would have the uh, service of the deity going forward and this kind of thing. So the fact that the Bhaktisiddhanta was involved in that was not as uncharacteristic, if you will, of Gaudi uh, Vaishnavism as, as his younger brother thought, but um, that was a general kind of a consensus, and so it was a very novel thing to do. Um, at any rate, just some history, but when they took the deities from the rented building to the now finished temple, he gave them this song to sing, and this is the central line, if you will, a verse uh, to the song, and um, later, Pujapat Sridharmarsh took that verse and inscribed it at the Chaitanya Sarasat Math, his, 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 his monastery, uh, over the, the altar. So it was it very much encapsulated or embodied the approach of um, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvatapra to the Ragmar in the mind of Pujapat Sridharmarsh. And he was certainly correct in that, which is an interesting subject that came up a little bit in our discussion last night. I explained how I had written a book some years ago entitled, it was a little booklet entitled um, uh, Sri Guru Parampara, the uh, uh, something heir to the esoteric life of Kedarnath Bhakti Thakur. It was about Bhakti Thakur's approach to Ragnar, and the booklet was a response um, to an, an article that was published in, mag in, in an academic uh, journal called the Journal of Vaishnav Studies, the editor of which is godbrother of mine, Satyaraj Das. Um, and the theme in that particular issue this years ago was Raghunanda Bhakti, and one of the chapters was written by a godbrother of mine named Sukhavak, who had written a book about Bhakti, you know, and it was more or less a reiteration of the last chapter of his book, which was a very good book. The last chapter I very much disagreed with. 
Because in the last chapter, he, he said that Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasajaka did not teach the Rod Mark. So I took exception to that to the extreme. And um, I wrote this, this booklet um, to demonstrate the further, bring out the approach of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasajaka to, to Rod Mark. Now it's grounded in, this, in, in the teachings of the Goswamis. Um, so at any rate, um, this verse encapsulates that. And so, and I've written about it myself. In fact, in the book I'm writing now, one of the appendixes, appendixes of the book that I, that I completed, I have more to write, more appendixes, but is, uh, it explains this verse and how um, in relation to a verse of the Bhagavatam, the famous verse of the Bhagavatam uh, of Brahma's, in the Brahma Vimohan Lila, his prayers, Brahma's prayers after the Brahma Vimohan Lila, where he says, mm-hmm. I've explained that verse there in many different ways, um, many different ways that it lends itself to be understood, and how it is an ideal verse for those pursuing Samandarupa Bhakti or uh, Sakyarasa. Hmm? An ideal verse to contemplate, to 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 invoke, hmm? um, in the spirit of Bhaktisiddhanta Thakur's approach to rag bhakti, embodied in his verse, the verse under discussion here, the Bengali verse. Um, so that will, will be something that Chaitanya Pri and others will read in due course. Um, it may have, except that fact, I may have had. It, published on the Harmonist. Hmm? Yes. Yeah, it's being confirmed by some of the ladies here. So the article has been published, although it's part of my book, it's been published on the uh, Harmonist. So uh, you can reference it there, um, fuller explanation of Bhakti Sanat's verse, which is about, in essence, having reverence for the Ragmarg and those who are situated on the rock mark, as opposed to pursuing reverential love of God, which would land one in Vaikuntha. Having reverence for those who are in the, situated in the rock mark, the Ragatmikas, the, you know, the, the eternal entourage and associates of, of Radha and Krishna. That's a peculiar idea, but a significant difference when we use the word um, reverence. Um, and so, Pujala Raga Patagorava Bhangi Matala Harijan Kirtanamani Sadhujan Kirtanamani couple ways it's written. Um, but basically, his idea was that we will um, situate ourselves, acknowledge that, 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 that the, the Ragmarg is far above us and the generous dispensation of ragatnikas is the means by which we may enter into that realm. You may know that it's not possible to I should say that material piety, good karma, does not qualify one for bhakti. Rupa Goswami makes the point after his explanation of Radha Bhakti in about 30 verses in 
Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that, that this type of bhakti can only be achieved by Mahat Kripa, by the mercy of great persons treading that path. And he wants to make a very clear distinction there between the remote, even the remote possibility that exists within Vaidhi Bhakti, which is the reverential path when it's unto itself, that is, Vaidhi Bhakti unto itself in pursuance of, of um, for example, Dasirak Ras and Vaikuntha, possibility of becoming eligible for such through engagement in Varnashram, which is a karma mark, and in it, which is centered on the pursuit of, of good karma. Hmm? And really, praviti, for the most part. Three quarters of it is praviti mark. One quarter is for moksha. Hmm? Sattva-guna influence. Uh, the rest of it, dharma mark, the karma. So anyway, so material piety and acquisition. Um, um, there's a re- the point being that there's a remote possibility that within the context of Varnashram, one can de- gain eligibility for Vaidhi Bhakti. Why though? The reason is because within Varnashram, there's the worship of all the gods and goddesses. It's kind of a, 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 a beginning of, of love of God by expression of gratefulness for the things that we have and our ability to exercise our senses in the ways that we do, um, acknowledging their dependence on the macrocosm of the sun and the wind, for example, for seeing and hearing and so forth. It's a very gracious way to, to live in the world. It's kind of a license there. It constitutes for taking, a license for taking. Hmm? Um, which is meant to bring in a very gradual way, um, enable one to, to the real wealth and the real gain within Varnashram, if it's properly understood and executed, is, is that, that there, there's something to be gained by the giving. And it's not the thing that you get, but it's the giving itself. So in Varnashram, we're taught to, here you go, like a little animal in the cage. Ah, no, no, no. Sit, sit. Okay, here's a cracker. Hmm? Okay, sit. No, no, sit. There you go, like that. So you, the thing is, you're after the cracker. You're after the cracker. <laughs> um, but but what you're doing to get the cracker is you're you're giving. You're making a sacrifice, and gradually, gradually, this starts to become apparent that the sacrifice. And the giving itself exceeds in terms of, a re- of being a reward, the cracker. Hmm? This is what this is the result of properly executing Varnashram, which then qualifies one to move from Dharma Jignashu to Brahma Jignashu, Uttamimamsa. Hmm? Hmm? Move from religious life to actual spiritual life. So the last end, the end, so to speak, of the Varnashram, which morphs into moksha. Hmm? from again contemplative life rather than the active life of of, of, of Varnashram um, so it, within the context of that there's the worship of all the gods and goddesses and so forth but because Vishnu is one of the gods hmm? not particularly singled out within Varnashram as being 
necessarily superior. Um, but given that he is, and there's occasion within the ashram to worship Vishnu, then because of that little bit of worship of Vishnu, it makes the whole Marnashram system work effectively, and it can give one eligibility in due course for Bhakti Bhakti, but not for Rad Bhakti either. Generally, we say you, you, you won't get eligibility for Bhakti other than through Sadhusanga. But if you worship Vishnu in Varnashram, this is maybe it's possible. But just to, I'm belaboring the point, but it's worth, worth, worth emphasizing. So, anyway, Rag Bhakti entirely, you can't make any other case, but is only given by the grace of the Ragatmatas. The group Parampara through Sadhusanga, that current comes, comes to us. Hmm? It's not an outright or anything of the sort. So the way that uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur approached the Ragamara was to, to make an effort to uh, gain grace, make an effort to attain grace, to get the sympathy of the Ragatmikas. Hmm? And his idea was that what we will do is we will sing about them we will glorify them. We will speak 80% about what they are not, which a lot of which 80% of Gaudiya Vaishnavism uh, seem to misunderstand in his time. Hmm? It's not about the flesh, for example. Uh, um, it's easy to, mis- easy to misunderstand what is the highest possible uh, ideal, the genius of spiritual attainment, not even praying, but a special kind of praying in Braj and so forth. This is very extraordinary. So the means to attain that is specific. And in um, um, particular, very particular. And so, uh, but, but in, in essence, it, it involves gracious dispensation. So his idea was to glorify, for example, through kirtan, which he had a dynamic idea of, dissemination of the teachings widely. And again, a large part of the emphasis in the teachings is this is what Rag really is. Rag Bhakti is not. It's not this. It's not that. And then 20%, this is what it is. It was very, uh, it was like, here's a meal and there's a little dessert to go with it, uh, to appetize you. But just like, you know, let's take, let's take the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Well, it's very beautifully depicted in Chaitanya Charitamrita, which the author, Krishnas Kaviraj, says is principally about the Madhya Leela. And that's the longest uh, section of his narrative, the Madhya Leela. Why does he say that? Well, because the, the Adi Leela, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life in Navadvip is given a more extensive treatment by his um, um, predecessor, uh, the great Vrindavandas uh, Thakur in Chaitanya Bhagavat. And Anjalila, at the other end of the spectrum, Madhyalila being in the center, Madhyalila being the public life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi. Our goal is to enter into Navadvip, where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was not a sannyasi. But 
how we will do that by following his example as a sannyasi. Because he took sannyas to widely disseminate, be a public figure, teach the public, give the, give the uh, teach rupes and atam and so forth, empower them for uh, uh, establishing the sampradaya and, and so forth. So this is what the Chaitanya Charitamrita is all about primarily. This is the emphasis. He says that himself. And the Lila is very beautiful. It's a smaller section. And it's really about what you can't talk about. <laughs> I mean, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is no longer a public person. He, the way he applied himself in public, in Kirtan, drew him within. So arguably, it, it, it invoked the sympathy of the Raigatmikas and his inner life made him, was so intense. Kirtana Prabhave Smarana Svabhave, as Sarasatitaka used to say. By the force, Prabhava of Kirtan, Smarana, which is central to Raghunanda Bhakti meditation, that will come about naturally. Hmm? Take over one and turn one's senses into what Rupa Goswami said. Oh, I have these two syllables of Krishna are so sweet that that when they enter the courtyard of my heart and began to dance there, my senses become inert or incapable of function in relation to sense objects for, the, for their a purpose of their own. Now they have one exclusive purpose to try to do justice to what is happening in my heart. These two syllables, Krishna, being non-different from Krishna himself, appearing with all his, 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 his rupa, guna, lila, parikar, his associates, his lilas, his forms, his qualities. And now I only have one tongue in two years to do justice to that. So may I have, be blessed with more ears, more tongues, uh, and so forth, forth all turning uh, inward to try to then speak outwardly about this extraordinary affair that transcends uh, words and explanation um, and so on and so forth. I mean, what can you say about Mahaprabhu's inner absorption? It's not a, not a teaching, so to speak. This is how you do it. <laughs> it's doing it to you. Hmm? I mean, there's something to be taught, but once one becomes a Jataruchi, Jatarag Bhakta, then, then Prabhupada evoked a term that is applicable, spontaneity, spontaneity spontaneous. It's natural. It's, it's not something that has to be taught. You can't teach love. Hmm? You can teach what's not love. Hmm? Um, but how are you going to tell your child, Daddy, what does it mean to be in love? Okay, so we have to, you have to go there and find out. When she comes along, you'll know what it is and you won't know what it is at the same time. <laughs> Such as it, what can I say about it? So obviously we can say something about the, the Prayogen, about Baba Bhakti. Bhakti. has a chapter about Baba Bhakti and Bhakti Sindhu and so forth. But I'm just saying, comparatively, what we can say about Bhava compared to what we could say about Savana hmm, as a teaching and so forth is considerably less. Auntie Leela is, Mahaprabhu is, he, he again, he can't even be a public person. It's not really, he, he's swooning, passing out. Uh, he's uh, reminded of a beautiful verse from 
um, Chandidas last week by Chaitanya Priya. Um, he's hearing such verses from 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 Ramananda Roy and Surupadamara, who Krishnadas compares to Subal and uh, and and Saki respectively, how, how they would tender to Krishna in his feelings of separation from Radha and Radha in her separations from separation from Krishna in the Lila. And, and if you if you if you read about if you, if you study that, the Kalalilas, you know, speaking about, I mean, it's just, Krishna doesn't even know it's day or night. I mean, he doesn't even, he, 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 he get, in, 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 in the evening, for example, I'm writing about this now, in the, in the evening, um, he, he, when he heads to his, 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 his quarters and his, his Narmasakas are, 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 are with him, he, he begins to speak as if he doesn't even know if Radha exists. Was that, is that he met her that earlier in the day? They had so many leelas together and so forth. And, and he's asking Subal, what was that happening to me in the forest? Was that just the four? I, I, we were in the forest today and I saw this and that. And I thought it was a girl, but it probably was just the forest. And the fact that he had, that Rod even exists as a person, he can't even re- remember it. It's just the, the measure of it is madness. And the same on the other side for, for Radha. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu embodies this, is Radha's madness, Krishna's madness, all in, 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 in one. Their, 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 their desire to, 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 the two to become one. And then the problem when they become one is that one starts thinking he's the other, and the other starts thinking she's, she's, she's him. And again, they're separate. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the, is, 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 is the resolution to this. The two are, are one. Srimad Mahaprabhu Vijay. So this is a very extraordinary, very extremely elevated um, idea. And so you can't just go there with your shoes on. Hmm? You can just read some book and get, get and hear some things and, and now think think your way way there or imagine your way there. There is an, a there is a creative imagination that's involved in Raga Bhakti, but this is when you when your when your mind is saturated with Sarup Shakti. Now you're going to imagine within the context of and under the influence of the Sarup Shakti rather than the Maya Shakti, which is only functioning. The Srupa Shakti for the pleasure of Krishna. So whatever you come up with, it's like writing your own page in a book of love of God. It's coming from the Srupa Shakti. It's a combination of your will as a jiva in relation to the environment of the Srupa Shakti rather than the environment of the Maya Shakti where that execution of that will is problematic. So um, we shouldn't misconstrue where it's said sometimes whatever you want. I mean, you can have your own you can, you can, extensions of your own power hmm? will be your family, where you live in, in Raj and so on and so forth. So uh, when you become Sakya Sankalpa, whatever you will happens because you're under the influence of the Sarup Shakti. It happens internally. Hmm. This, is, this is for muktas. Bhagavatas are muktas, so very high sadhakas. Hmm? So we need to talk about these things from time to time, but too much talk about it can play out in ways that 
it's apparent it's not very well understood. Like sometimes I will give a lecture at a yoga uh, community or school, and I give a you know a, a, a decent lecture, and I emphasize uh, for the for eighty percent of it uh, the difference between the body and the self in different novel ways and and whatnot. And then I you know top it off with a little bit about and so ultimately Bhakti Krishna and so forth like this because the appetite or the adhikar eligibility uh, of the audience and it's a good I can give a pretty good talk and it's 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 a little bit uh, you've got to pay attention to it there's a lot of a lot of points you know it's very rational um, I'm kind of trying to trying to translate my feelings loving feelings into, into reason language of reason and so people often I can capture them they nod their heads and you know they're listening and they're getting the points and then Sometimes afterward, they ask a question. I go, hmm, well, I guess they didn't get that. <laughs> they, didn't, you know, they were liking it, they, but they didn't understand it. Hmm? Same thing happens within the circle of devotees on another level. So you can speak about higher topics and everybody's liking it, enthused, and they go away. And then you realize later, hmm, they didn't get it. Hmm, they're thinking like this. Huh, that's not how it works. Uh, Got to do more work here to, to explain it better. Hmm? Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, and sorry for belaboring the point, but it, it, it's a good one. It's a very high thing. So Saraswati Thakur's approach was not to sit down and um, and take take a verse from Rupa Goswami's uh, Upadesh Amrita. Every everyone who should live at Radhakund and sit there and, uh, and and remember the pastimes of Radha and Krishna, as if that's the sum and substance of everything that that constitutes bhakti. Well, you might, if you might want to read the whole Badesh Amrita, you see there's, there's a gradual development that's being discussed from Vacho Vegam, Manasakrota Vegam, Jiva Vegam, Vegam, controlling the urges, the senses, so on and so forth, um, avoiding things that, uh, that, that are uh, detrimental to your, your practice, embracing things that are, you know, Anukul, uh, Pratikul, and so forth. Charnavati is described there more or less. And, and in, in, in a progressive development to, to where you can get to the point of, of being a contemplative, hmm? effectively, hmm? rather than in the name of being a contemplative, being an embarrassment to the Sampradaya and misrepresenting such a high ideal. So this is a strong emphasis on his, his part. And um, even when he went on the Bandraj Mandal Parakram, and gave a lecture at Radha Kund, hmm? he lectured from Upadesh Amrita, from Bacho Vega Manas, from the first verse, rather than from Govind Lilamrita, hmm? or from Ujval Nilamani, and so forth. Hmm? Uh, I was asked the other night about the fact that Prabhupada spoke rather broadly about Krishna consciousness. Were there times when he spoke more deeply about it, right? Hmm? More esoterically, or, or, or something like that. And I said that, you know, I, I gave a lengthy explanation of that, but it, it, why he was a little more tight-lipped about that at different times and considering his audience and, and so forth. And also the fact, I ended with, with a point that also it's quite possible that it could tip the scales for him. Hmm? It could tip the scales for him talking about it so that he couldn't talk about it hmm? because he had such regard for it. And, and he was suppressing, and I witnessed personally, experienced a number of times, probably bringing himself down to talk to me. 
Hmm? Speak to me from where he was, was. The fact that he gave a broad campaign is often uh, thought to be, well, I guess he didn't know the higher topics. Hmm? I think it would be better to consider how successful it was, although some of us have made a mess of it afterwards, unfortunately. Um, uh, the, the, the success of it, the fulfillment of the vision of Bhakti, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, and even Mahaprabhu to some extent, that my name will be heard in every town and village. The better way to understand it is that, that despite the fact that he was so elevated and situated, that he, that he removed himself from that, so to speak, brought himself down to speak to us and in, in, in a way that it could be widely um, circulated. That's real, real greatness. Um, from the devotees that his disciples that I knew that knew him personally would spoke about him in this regard would say things that when he began the topic of Radha he began to go there and it would be difficult for him to, uh, to uh, uh, control himself mm-hmm. and Pujya Patrita Rosh once told us there was a famous so-called Siddha Mahatma that would always show these ecstatic symptoms and mucus coming out of his nose and, and whatnot. And, and so he happened to be for the service of Bhakti Siddhanta in a certain village and that person was in town going to a, an arctic and so he went. He thought I'll check him out, you know, curious, intellectual that he was, Pujapachito Marsh. And and during the arctic then he showed all these these extraordinary kind of uh, symptoms, mostly like mucus, you said. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, so after the Arti, right after the Arti, this was his idea. He wanted to ask him a question. It's a little... Anyway, he had something in mind. So after the Arti, he, he pretended that he didn't know that much. And he said, and he got, got a chance to be right next to him and ask, which is Gore and which is Nitai? Who's who on the altar here? Hmm? For the deities. And the man just started speaking to him like, just like, you know, he was right there. And he, but by his symptoms, you would have thought he was like unable to speak. He had just, you know, exhibited what we find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exhibiting in Antilila. At which time you couldn't just ask him a simple question. He would just mumble and, and he was in it in deeply um, in a trance. So it became apparent to Puchipachita Maharaj that this guy's not in a trance at all. Hmm? And it's some kind of a show and so forth. So, you know, seeing these type of things, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur um, had a different approach. And it was basically, let us preach about the glories of Ragmar, what it really is, hmm, in such a way that our regard, our, I mean, this, this you could, our regard for the Ragmar will be. Bungay, it will be broken hmm? by them from their side. They will break it and let us in. And we will show regard for them. We don't think we're high enough to enter there. And we want to say that not too many people are, and it's the highest thing, and we want to preach about it and glorify it accurately. And when they see us doing this hmm, in Kirtan, they will be disposed towards us. They'll, 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 this will draw their sympathy. And then they will break down our reverence for them and allow us in something like that. 
was the spirit of his uh, his verse. So ooh, I hope that helps. With a long explanation. Thank you. And Thank again, you, Maraj. Pardon me. Thank you. Uh, it explains it properly. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot to digest. So please look up that article on uh, Harmonist. Um, what's it called? It might be titled after the verse, Pujarada Patagor, or Kobagyam. I don't know. So, sure, I'll, I'll look that up. Thank you. Pardon me? I'll look that up. Thank you. Okay, very good. Hey, um, Ganga Shakti, you want to ask your question? You have to unmute. <coughs> My question is about Radha and Rukmini. Uh, Radha is often described as an incarnation of the goddess Lakshmi and Vishnu's eternal consort, but also so does Rukmini, and in other texts, Radha is described as non-different from Krishna himself, so I guess I'm a bit confused, so if you could please cl clarify a bit. What was the first part about Rukmini? Um, basically that both Radha and Rukmini are often described as incarnations of Lakshmi and Vishnu's eternal consort, and I think that's what's confusing me a bit. I see. Okay, thank you for your question. Well, you must also be aware that in, in some places it is said that Krishna is the incarnation of Narayan. And uh, uh, that is a particular perspective that, um, that is held by the inhabitants of Vaikuntha. So there are certain Sampradayas, Vaishnav Sampradayas that are Vaidimarg Sampradayas, whose goal is to attain Vaikuntha and reverential worship of Narayan. And uh, they consider that uh, all the avatars have their origin in Narayan. Mm -hmm. And because Krishna appears in the world, along with Balaram, it's the Krishna Balaram avatar. Avatar means Tara to cross from, from up to down. So from the spiritual world, from the Paravyom, to come into this world, that's an avatar. So Krishna apparently is an avatar. And there are many avatars. There's the Shringa avatar, the Vaman avatar, and so forth. Um, Kuma avatar. And so from the perspective in Vaikuntha, all these avatars are expressions of Narayan for Leela in the world, Leela avatars. There are other there are Yuga avatars as well, but they're all have their origin in, in Narayan. Um, so, for example, then in Vaikuntha, on Janmastami, then Narayan will, will show some Rajalila uh, type of pastime. His devotees will, will, will see it and they will feel very, very, very happy and so forth. Once I was uh, sitting with my godmother, Narasimhamarsh, had introduced me to a Sanskrit scholar and a great devotee in the Sri Sampradaya household man, and had us over for, for lunch. And, um, and, and he was serving and, and so forth very nicely. And we were discussing and, uh, and participating in Harikata. And my godmother, Narasimhamarsh, 
recently passed away, um, he said that, um, uh, I forget the gentleman's name, but uh, sir, you know, I wanted to make one point, and he said, yes, what is that? And, and, uh, and Mars said, whenever we engage in Krishna Kata, you seem very jolly. And said, oh, yes, 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 very jolly. And then he said, but um, whenever we speak of Narayan, and just almost before the word, the name of Narayan rolls entirely off of the tongue of the Sringamarsh, this devotee went, folded his hands, I said, and he said, and his face became completely sober. He said, that is another thing. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this guy's from Vaikuntha. It was very, very inspiring, you know, to see his vantage point. So we, 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 we disagree that that's the whole story, but it's a beautiful story unto itself. Krishna's the avatar of Narayan. It's the story of Vaikuntha. It's the way they look at it. It's a particular angle of vision. But a cornerstone to the Gaudiya Vaishnava angle of vision is that actually Krishna appears as an avatar, but actually he's the avatari, source of avatars. He's, in fact, Narayan is, is, is his own expansion for Vilas, for Leelas and Vaikuntha. And then he has so many avatars. Because the avatars come through Narayan, Krishna agrees to go that way through the Mahavishnu. When the Roman goes the Romans, so to speak. But he's the avatari. And of course, this is a huge point of our philosophy and one that the, that the at the time of its establishment of the establishing of the Sampradaya was a controversial point uh, amongst other Vaishnavas who all had a largely had a different perspective. There were the Sri Sampradaya in particular, the Madhva Sampradaya as well. Krishna is the incarnation of Narayan. So that's a well-reasoned point and scripturally supportable, but you have to dig into that into the, into, into our text, the Krishna Sandarva, for example, is all about that. The second chapter of the Adi Lila of Chaitanya Charitamrita is all about that point. And, um, and so, point being that there are statements in scripture from, from different angles of vision. So, like we read Srimad Bhagavatam, this is our main book. For the Sri Sampradaya, the Vishnu Purana is the main book. So, that's an angle, a particular angle of vision, Vishnu Purana. It's not the, it's not the Rasik angle of vision through which the, the, the teaching is being presented in Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad hmm? Bhagavatam, I mean, the pastimes of Krishna are also mentioned in Vishnu Purana, but they're not mentioned in such a way as, 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 to, as to express a feeling for Vatsalya, feeling for Sakya, feeling for um, Madhurya Rasa and so forth, and give you some scar for that, and, and thereby at beginning access and tendency, inclination towards that. So Bhagavatam is a very special book. It's our main book. It's not the main book of the Sri Sampradaya. It's not the main book of the Madhva Sampradaya, for example. So there, you know, a different perspective is given. And we find in the Brahma Vimo Analila, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, played out in the narrative, in the Leela. This is the line, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, that's mentioned in the list of the avatars in the third chapter of the first canon of the Bhagavatam, where it appears that Krishna is one of the avatars. 
because it mentions Krishna as the 28th, I think, avatar. But it says among them, all these avatars mentioned, Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swami, but, but Krishna's the avatar is Swami Bhagavan. So that could be interpreted in different ways, but we interpret it in a particular way and we support that interpretation um, uh, considerably, as Jiva Goswami has, for example, from scripture in Krishna Sankarva. And kind of a microcosm of that is given by Chaitanya, Chaitanya Charitamrita by Krishna's Kaviyarapsha, as I said in the second chapter of Adi Lila. So it's a very important point. It's, and then in the Bhagavatam's 10th canto, in the Leela narrative of Krishna Leela, we have the Brahma Vimoha Leela that covers three chapters that include his prayers. And there it's, played, it's shown in the Leela that Krishna is the source of Narayan, right? Because Brahma sees Krishna expanses all the coward boys and calves, and then he shows that all those coward boys and calves are actually Vishnu expansions of himself from whom universes are emanating. So while the universes are emanating from Narayan, Vishnu's Narayans are emanating from Krishna. And Brahma is like, that's why it's called Brahma Vimohan. It's not just Mohan, Vimohan. He's very bewildered by this. He's bewildered into, into a, a new understanding. But Krishna, even though he's like unmajestic in appearance, and rustic in his appearance, simple, Coward person is an uneducated village nomadic person, really. Um, and he's the source of Narayan, who's the regal king of Vaikuntha, and so forth. So it's, a, it's an interesting point. So the point being, relative to your question, in the schools where we thought that Krishna is the avatar of Narayan, then Radha and Rukmini are going to be looked at in a particular way because Lakshmi is the goddess of Narayan. So Rukmini will be some, some expression of, of, of Lakshmi and Radha as well. It's a big controversy in Jaipur where Radha Govinda had been taken to avoid the attack of the Mughals in Vrindavan. And there they were, they were being worshipped according to the Gaudiya perspective. Rupa Goswami's perspective. So Radha was there, is there along with Krishna, and their prashad was being offered to Narayan, Lakshmi and Narayan, after it was offered to Radha and Krishna. So this was a complaint was raised about this, and this was one of the complaints to which Bhagavad Vidyabhushan answered with his Govinda Basha, which is the Gaudiya commentary on Vedanta Sutra that explains all these, these points. The, the exalted, that, 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 that just as Krishna is the source of all avatars, He's the Swayam, the, the, the Purna, Swayam Shaktiman. Radha, similarly, is the Purna Shakti. So all Shaktis then are partial manifestations of herself, including Rukmini for Krishna in Dwarka. Just like Dwarkesh Krishna, Krishna in Dwarka is a partial manifestation of himself in Braj. It's said that Krishna is perfect in Dwarka, he's more perfect in Mathura. And he's most perfect in Vrindavan, Rupa Goswami's statement, which will kneel money. More perfect means that the love for Krishna in Vrindavan is more intense. Therefore, there's more of him that comes out. That's why, for example, even when Krishna is physically, so to speak, in Dwarka, he's more present 
in his physical apparent absence in Vrindavan because the love is stronger than that. So wherever there is love of Krishna and to what that extent, that's where Krishna is present. So when Krishna leaves Vrindavan, the love reaches a higher pitch in separation. He's actually more present there in them, in their love. Now we're getting to the point of the other point of your question. Sometimes places it said that Radha and Krishna are one. How do we understand that? What it means is that Radha embodies the fullest expression of love. She is Mahabhav's rupin. We have Mahabhav and Rasaraj. Dui, these two, Ekrup, come in one form as Chaitanya Mahapu. Mahabhav, Rasaraj, Dui Ekrup. But the two components, it is also said in the Upanishads, Rasa-wise, Brahman is Rasa. So if Brahman is Rasa, Rasa requires two. Rasa requires the object of love and the love. Krishna is the object of love. Radha is the love. Now you can't have love without an object of love. And you can't, if you have an object of love, but you have no one to love it, you can't have love either. So these two are required for love, and the two in love, they become one in a dynamic sense. In that, by that I mean they don't cancel one another out. And there's just a static one. If you and I, Ganga Shakti, love one another spiritually, <laughs> then you and I become we. Hmm? We is a, is a one. It's different than you and I, but it's a dynamic one. You're still there. I'm still there. You accept my heart as yours. I accept your heart as mine. Hmm? So this dynamic unity of Radha and Krishna this is what we mean when we speak about Brahman is Rasa. Radha is the, is the personification of the fullest love of Krishna. She is Ladini Shakti, and there's a little bit of Radha in every devotee, a little bit of Ladini Shakti in every devotee, right? So Radha and Krishna are one in this sense. Krishna is the Shakti Man, Radha is the, the primal Shakti. So the Shakti and the, and the energy and the energetic, they're one and different, as we say in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, they obey. They're obey, they're one, they're, they're different, and they're obey, they're one. Inconceivably, at the same time, interpenetrating one another. And, and it's a good way to explain it as an example. The way that love is, the way that in love two people interpenetrate one another. I don't mean, I mean emotionally <laughs> in every way. They interpenetrate one another and they, and they, and they become, they're, they're both there at the same time. They're a new dynamic kind of union. So, um, so this way, Radha and Krishna are one. We can also say they're different and we do, but we emphasize both at different times depending how we're talking about it. We talk about it from the point of view of tattva or philosophy, we say, they're one, Shakti, Shakti, Man. We talk about a point of view of Baba or Leela, then we, we separate that. Rav's even arguing with Krishna and kicking him out, saying he can't come in. 
So that, of course, is that is Bhava, that is that is, that is the Leela. So, so there are statements that Radha and Krishna are one, and there are ways of looking at them as different. They're both at the same time. So, I don't know if I've answered your question and understood it well enough to address all of the concerns that have come up from you philosophically. If not, or to that extent, please uh, give me your response. Does that work? Do you want, did you follow my points or does it bring up more questions for you? Yes, thank you very much. Okay, thank you for your question. So I think we're out of time now. So um, we can save the rest of the questions for next week. Um, oh, I don't know. You, you're going to be traveling. Will you be on next week? Yeah, I don't think so. I'll be in Brazil. So you have to save the questions. Am I going to the carnival? Is there a carnival? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I'm writing about a carnival right now in Krishna Leela. It happens every night. There are jugglers, there are magicians. The magician takes a basket, a woven basket, opens it up, turns it upside down puts a clock over it, shakes a little bell, lifts the basket, and there's a white dove. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's very charmed, very pleased by that. But he senses, of course, that Krishna feels, oh, that dove should have a companion. So he takes, covers the dove up, puts the cloth over it, shakes the bell, opens and there's two doves. And they fly away, ostensibly, to where they came from and were magically brought. <laughs> so this kind of carnival is going on every night. And not in the wrong, not the Marshall's compound. So why not? We'll see the perverted reflection of it in Brazil. <laughs> okay, so, but if, 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 you know, I mean, I'll be there, and if there's opportunity it works that I can do the call there. It's possible that I can do the call there. And, um, and then um, I'll, I'll let um, know. And uh, he'll ask me, I'll let him know. And then maybe we can do a session like this there with the devotees there sitting broadcast from there. I appreciate all of you and your questions and time you've taken during busy schedules to, uh, to uh, present on the call today. Thank you so much. Sound him up, Gurdy. Hurry, woe.